0: All right, I'm gonna start. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> what well, are we talking about right now, or with this entire goal of I want to do a podcast at some point in time in my life? What are we talking about? Well, no, you just said I want to start, and I feel like you're finally here. Like we're here, we sitting are right? here. Microphones in front of us. Yes. Starting a thing that. We do naturally a lot, but, to make, but try to make it something. Yes. And potentially, maybe there's enough screw loose nutbags out there to enjoy it the way you and I enjoy just chatting.
1: It's true. So, <laughs> um, after a lot of years of talking about doing a podcast and talking about it with a lot of partners, and none of them ever really being willing to take the time to sit down, finally sitting here with my good buddy Justin, and we're going to do our very first episode of No Ride Around there it is.
0: So, well, yeah. Okay. Let's go into this. Who is Harley, man? Who's this guy? Who's the, who's the host of this thing?
1: Harley is a guy from New Orleans who, um, at a very young age, got addicted to bicycles and for better. or worse,
0: <laughs> There's a lot of young guys in New Orleans that yeah. don't, don't get addicted to bicycles. They get addicted to other things. <laughs> <laughs> um, But,
1: yeah, at a very young age, that was the thing that happened. And to tell the full story, I have to reference uh, basically the bike shop that I grew up in, a shop in New Orleans in the Fulberg Marigny, just outside the French Quarter called Bicycle Michaels. Um, The first time I went in there, I went in there with a skateboard, and they just about kicked me out. (laughs) Um, From there, uh, they put up with my my BS for – thick end of about 12 years before they finally decided to pay me
0: <laughs> wait 12 years skateboard traded in work for free at a bike shop
1: work for free lunch the odd inner tube here or there and um how old were you for this so i probably started really like hanging around the shop a lot when i was 13 or 14 um and then they couldn't get rid of me like forever and then when i was about 20 I had spent two years working as a bike courier um, in the business district in New Orleans. And uh, I got real sick of having to get rained on all the time. So I decided to find an inside job and uh, asked for a job at the bike shop. And uh, I started in January, I think of 2000. And 2004, uh, I chased a girl across the country to Colorado and realized that there is an industry that you can be a professional in. Um, It just wasn't in New Orleans, unfortunately. And uh, meandered through uh, two different bike shops up here before, this is super Reader's Digest, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, before uh, officially starting my own bike shop with my business partner, Sam. in 2017 was when we were a bike shop on paper, and April of 2018 is when we were a real place with um, doors and walls and windows and people to come work.
0: Dude, I, so actually, I, so I'm intimately involved in this process because... Very much so. I think I have the very first base camp Cycle Rebuilt bike. Yes. Well, I don't have it anymore. You don't. No, It's still in the family. I'm friends with you, so that means I get new bikes all the time. <laughs> but... That's a hell of a story. Skateboard, 13 years old to bike shop owner, Denver, Colorado. Yeah, baseball. long journey.
1: But, um, you know, I, there, I, of course, fell into all of the, the pitfalls that I think every uh, young adult that, that grew up when we did of, do I go to college, do I not go to college, is the conventional way for me. Probably not after, you know, two semesters at, uh, at Metro here in Denver. And saying the hell with it I'm gonna try my own way and whether I'm poor or not poor um, I'm at least gonna do something that I enjoy and not sit in a cubicle or just do some job that sucks the life out of me and um, I don't regret it there were moments that were real hard where you're like man was it really the thing to do but ultimately where I am now all the hardship and all the, all the crazy stuff that got me to that point. Um, the journey just wouldn't be the same if it weren't for all the weird stuff that happened along the way.
0: Well, it's like, um, it's like all that weird stuff. Cause I mean, I have a story similar, right? I think we all do, mm-hmm. but it's that weird stuff that, I mean, it comes back to the title of the show, no ride around, you know, unless you went through all that crap, you want to got to a point where do I open this bike shop or not? And realizing there's no other option. There's no fail safe here. There's no way to get around this obstacle of what the hell do I do with my life. It is literally just pedal and loosely hang on to the handlebars.
1: There's a, a, a video, bike video, ages, ages old. I think it's still have it on VHS. And, uh,
0: Sorry, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that aren't. <laughs> they don't know what that is. Yeah, they're not mammals. It's, so. a,
1: it's a little plastic box with tape in it. And you had to put it in this big machine. And it would play videos.
0: And you had to go... <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, gotcha.
1: And uh, there was a quote on it that uh, it stuck with me for various reasons. But uh, the quote was, as long as both hands are still on the bar, it counts.
0: <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Dude, I have, yeah, fair enough. I posted a video the other day of just that oh, exact same thing. Yeah. And it looked
1: so lame. That's the worst part of... Taking videos is it never looks as impressive. Never
0: looks... Which is why half the time when I'm riding with people and they want to stop and take a video, picture, otherwise, not going to happen.
1: Nah, I'm good. Let's just ride. Yeah, let's just go. <laughs> All right. What about you? I mean, I, there's... We've been friends for a number of years and I still don't know the whole story. I don't think.
0: I don't think we've ever really... No. So we're going to drop... this. We're going to drop the mic here a little bit and then I'm going to leave it and we're not even going to talk about it because we'll just kill this episode. Right. So... All right, I'm, my name's Justin. I own E3 Fitness here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, E3 Fitness is now an actual building in an establishment. If we did this podcast nine years ago, it was a business card with my cheese dick abs on it saying, guys, come work out with me. And there weren't a lot of guys doing it. So it was, ladies, come work out with me. <laughs> and there weren't even a lot of them doing it. But uh, it's now, it's, it's a real gym now. But I could not have ever guessed in my teens. 20s. I could have never guessed even after graduating college that I'd be sitting here as this owner of a gym full of people that combined are so much better than I ever could be or ever could think my professional life could be. It's nuts. I, I
1: uh, I'm a member. I go to E3 Fitness, and I can testify to how unique of an experience it is. I mean, it is not... I mean, I've been to every gym, big, small, you know, and, and there's, in my experience, it's very unique. It's, you know, the community, the group of people that surround it, um, the way that that you and your, your previous business partners built it um, all the way up to now with you taking over as the, the only owner, um, it's just, it's a really cool spot. And uh, I would encourage anybody that, that's in Denver, to check it out it's it's the coolest group of people i mean everybody from there's
0: how old are pat and mick dude they're in their late 60s bill and cindy are in their 70s
1: crazy crazy inspiration i go usually i go to the 915 group and i've worked out with some people that, oh it's the mellow group it's the mellow group i draw so much inspiration from that group of people yeah. Okay. Fine. Whatever. They're they're in their 60s. They're in their 70s. Those people work their asses off.
0: Dude, it's it's the same as like when we're out at Leadville, and you watch the pros go by. Yeah, it's super cool. The pros went by it. Yeah. 19 and a half miles an hour on a banked on a turn. Yeah. yeah. And, and you
1: you expect them to, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. it's impressive in its own way, but like not because they're pros. That's yeah, what they that's do. So they do.
0: So and then you see like right before the cutoff, a person who has no business being out there. Just grinding with all their passion laid out on the on the yeah. handlebars, and then you're like, dude, that's a cyclist. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the person. So, um, our people in the gym are just like that. It's, it's crazy, man. Like, and I didn't intentionally. I didn't have a business plan. It wasn't, hey, we're going to build this thing. We have all these little hooks in here. They're going to make people actually care about themselves and their goals, and then also kind of care about the person next to them too. You know, because. Every gym in Denver's got their own tribe, and they're like, What are the best group of people? Yeah. And De- like they'll feel that way. Listen right.
1: to anybody that goes to a CrossFit gym.
0: Totally. Yeah. I passed two on the short walk <laughs> from the light rail station to here. Um, great shorts and socks in there, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sock game on point.
0: On point. So, own this gym. Uh, didn't think I was going to do it. Actually, all the way through my junior year of college, I wanted to be Gordon Gecko, like super douche, like <laughs> greased back, <laughs> business suit. Brief case. If anybody listening who does that stuff, nothing against you, but well, you're probably a douche. But. <laughs> um, no, that's what I wanted to be in, like wheel and deal. And I thought it was all about making money. And I think it was because I came, my family never, I mean, we weren't like trying to find bread, but we never had the fancy stuff, you know? Um, but I kind of acted like we did, even though we didn't. Sure. So I was in that trap. So I thought I was going to be like this business guy. Well, I got out of school and I did a, a day at this marketing job. One day and I was driving back on day two, full suit, you know, driving back in a borrowed car and it was like, This is miserable. I don't want to do this. So I called uh I called my dad and I'm like, hey man, I, I can't I can't do this. I can't do this real job thing. I gotta do something else. And he goes, Well, do something else but go to work and then just look for a job in your downtime. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like a full commit. That sounds like no, it's too safe. Yeah.
1: There, there's no there's no impetus or you don't have the fear.
0: No, yeah, you're not. I've made every decision in life, painting myself so bass backwards into a corner, <laughs> I had no point but to jump.
1: No choice. So,
0: <laughs> No right around. Right. So I was, I, saw, I didn't like that phone call. I hung up with my dad, I called my stepdad, and I'm like, hey dude, um, here's the deal. I worked day one there, I'm going back for day two, and I wanna blow my brains out. Uh, and he goes, well, how's day 200 or 2000 gonna be? And I'm like, wow, yeah. thank you, prophetic. And hung up the phone, I went in, I quit, the guy's like, dude, I have, you have a guaranteed three-month contract salary. I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Take yeah. it easy. Took the suit jacket off, took the tie off, went downtown Denver, and just started going to all the bars in a row on Larimer Street and bumped into a girl there that had recognized me from out and about and goes, hey, I, I can get you working this weekend. And so I started bartending, right? Well, at some point in time in college, in my, in my senior year, I got sick and tired of being jealous I had roommates that were jacked, you know, like college dude jacked. <laughs> like think of every yeah. Skulls, Cruel Intentions type movie you've ever seen. These were like those dudes. And I remember sitting there and I, and I always, I had to like it didn't bother me, but it bothered me. I wanted to be, like I wanted that, you know. to be jacked. I wanted to be jacked. So <laughs> I got into it towards the end of my senior year of college and then got into it after school. Just
1: going to the gym or personal training? No,
0: just going to the gym. Okay. And I had a couple of buddies. Um, they... Couple buddies that I worked out with, they were cool. We learned stuff together and kind of trial and error. And I ended up getting jacked on my own. You know, was, this is great. And then I'd gotten into a little bit of trouble and was on some probation. Mm-hmm. This is the other story. Yep. And uh, we'll probation- have to unbox that. At some yeah, point. well, have, yeah, we'll circle <laughs> back. Uh, anyone who's ever been in trouble and had to follow a strict set of guidelines, you got to kind of follow those strict set of guidelines. And if you don't, there's a there's a hammer just waiting to drop on you. And the proverbial hammer dropped, and it became a very real, very quick. And I found myself in a place that most people would never think that either they could go to or that I've been to.
1: The the uh, how did it get here moment?
0: <laughs> like, uh, Mr. Holly, you're now sentenced to four years, Department of Corrections. And I go,
1: what? That's the full how did I get to this moment moment.
0: I, listen, we'll, <laughs> we'll, like I said, we'll unpack this later. I stood up, and I said, Your Honor... I have to work tonight. <laughs> <He> doesn't care. <laughs> I go, I go, can I get 24 hours to just, you know, I call my parents and figure this stuff out. I got a deal. And he goes, I'll give you 30 minutes in the courtroom here with your phone and you can figure out what you can figure out. Right. Bus is so, leaving. Yeah. So I had to call family and his tears and crying. Right. I, mean, like, I had to admit to a lot of stuff that hadn't shared with family. Sure. I was kind of in a, yeah. I was in a bit of a situation that not everyone knew about. So anyhow, Long story long, I ended up going through this whole process, and I, uh, we'll talk about it later. I did sure. a, a reform boot camp that got me out of it, and I was able to come back you know, in about a year. But uh, when I was in the pits of all that, I was in the depths of it. I remember staring into a mirror. It was a piece of stainless gas, or stainless steel that looked like a mirror. Right. And I remember I was bawling my eyes out, and I, I was like, this isn't going to get you anywhere. And I dropped down immediately did push-ups until my arms fell off. I literally couldn't do another push-up. Fell flat on my face. Was done. And the tears had stopped. And I went to sleep. And I woke up the next morning and was resolved to be in charge of placing a foot in front of the next. And through that, I went through this whole idea. I did this, I did this boot camp. Um, I went through a lot of other things afterwards. We'll talk about them more. Um, found myself into another little bit of a pickle because I have a hard time following rules. <laughs> and was in one of those tiny little rooms for 15 days at one point. And all the while, once I found confidence through fitness, it literally saved my life. Because I could count. Today I could do 12 of something, and tomorrow I did 14 of the same thing. I'm a better human being. And that may sound super idiotic to people listening, but to count from 12 to 14 the next day, and then 18 and 24 and 36, in a world where we're so often judged by how much money we make or what our outward appearance of success is, to know that inwardly in a place void of any sort of community, I was able to find the opportunity to be better every day through repetition, through sweat, through effort. Dude, I will do fitness for the rest of my life. I will be the 96 year old juice, drink, and cycle by <laughs> teaching fitness because it can save a life.
1: Sure. And uh, I want to redo my story because comparatively, <laughs> 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 okay so that was a little sideways no I mean to go no the there. but it was good because you know i think that you know i think one of the things um one of the things that i think imp- impresses me is your dedication to a thing pick the thing right <laughs> whatever it is when i met right. you you were a casual mountain biker with an incredible fitness base but you it is specialized. And, and the wrong brand of bike. Um, <laughs> um, and then all of a sudden, somewhere in your brain, it clicked. I'm going to be a badass mountain biker. I'm going to be a fast mountain biker. I want to be on podiums. And so, you know, whether it's mountain biking or, you know, this really bad situation with uh, good old DOC, um, <laughs> I think a, a super impressive thing about your personality is that um, you get this real singular focus and uh, I think that's super impressive and, and, and you know it seems to me even in my short time as, as a business owner you know effectively just over a year you kind of have to have that
0: you know I, I say it in jest a lot when I talk about businesses like you know businesses some fail some no and I always say all the time like, no business fails Right? It's the person in charge of the freaking thing that just decided it was too hard or too tough or was too much work or too stressful or I couldn't hold on to it, couldn't handle it, you know? Yeah. Um, and likewise, you, your maturation since we met was starting off working one-on-one yeah. with a trainer. And I'm not going to, like, I know, there's no easy way to say it, unwilling to share your fitness journey sure. in a
1: group format. No, I... I um... You know, when I, when I first started going to E3, the relationship between Justin and I started um, actually through uh, Clint, yeah. your former business partner. Um, You're a long-time customer. Long-time customer. I've known Clint for 10 years. Yeah. love the guy to pieces, and I trained with him a handful of times before E3. And, um, you know, he, he kind of gave me the, the full court press. I'll oh, come to E3, and I kind of blew him off. Oh, no, I'm just going to ride my bike. Oh, that's how I'm going to get in the shape for the thing I want to do. Uh, which, rewinding back to 2015, was my first Leadville 100. And uh, we did, you know, if I'm super honest about the first two years I did that race, and I think you and I have had this conversation, I did enough, right? Right. Like, I did enough. You know, the first year, just bikes, no time in the gym whatsoever. Um, And then the second year, some one-on-one stuff, but never really willing to fully uh, commit to the idea of attacking this race and and having that singular focus. Um, and, and to your point, really just, there was some social anxiety in there. I won't, I won't deny that. Um, you know, I've got my own, my own issues. Um, but now being part of the group and in the fold, you know, that all that stuff, so out the window. Um, and it wasn't until that 2017 year that I really just embraced the, the community. Um, And the idea of, like, no, I'm going to go get this race. And um, I think, you know, with the events that we did that year, um, it it showed, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't really know where I was going with that.
0: Well, (laughs) so we both just, you know, through the gym and through the bike shop, we've both grown a lot individually, but we have this thing where it's all intertwined. Yeah. Because without E3, I don't really know what my identity is. Back in, I remember in, in 2010, I broke my back. And up until that point, every single day revolved around what I was doing for a workout or sweat. And I broke my back and I remember having that like, who the hell am I now? You know? <laughs> and so I just watched movies of other people working out. Now. Sure. <laughs> Ski movies, bike movies, right, right. like endurance racing, running yeah. movies, right? Um, I had no real identity. And I think I'm to a point in life now well, I'd say you are as well. If the bike, if say bikes just disappeared off the planet because we all got hoverboards or something finally freaking cool right. like that. And the bikes disappeared, I, I would venture to guess that your identity would disappear right along with them. Yeah. I to mean, an extent.
1: You know, when you've been. Yeah. I mean, bikes have been a part of my identity since the second I learned how to ride a two wheeler. You know, I remember seeing uh, BMX Bandits with Nicole Kidman and who knows who else, but there's she no was one else in, in the it. movie with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> But that was it. That was the that moment where I was like, "Holy shit, bikes are cool. I'm going to do bike stuff." Yeah. And that was it. It was, it was game over and it has been every day since then. I work 8 hours a day at the bike shop whether it's been for myself or somebody else, and then I go home and I read you know cycling websites and watch cycling videos. Like it's such a core part of who Harley is that yeah, I, I like it's the same as oxygen.
0: Right. Right? Right. No, and I'm the same. I'm the same way as well, and that's why I think the our own growth I think is important as we go through you know this series of podcasts because we're not pros. I like I would flat out to. I did not go to school for fitness. I went to school for finance and marketing. Rewind to Gordon Gecko. Like that's what yeah. I went to school for. Uh, I only got out of school and finally realized like, oh wow, what can fitness do for me? Holy crap, that's really cool. And then because as you said, I'm singular focus. I can't just. I couldn't have just open up a gym with my own personal philosophy. Just go hard, look in the mirror, cry, and then do a bunch of push-ups, and you'll be fit. Like, it doesn't work for a business philosophy. It does for a small segment. Right. But yeah. uh,
1: that's a very select customer. Yeah.
0: But to talk to the, you know, the woman struggling post-pregnancy, to talk to the woman who can't get pregnant and through that has carried a lot of emotional weight and wants to lose that along with physical to the guy who's got caught up in the corporate world to the kid who never went to the gym like I was and was bashful and almost embarrassed and ashamed you know to talk to all those people you got to be freaking smart and so you know I curated my fitness knowledge through reading and through studying and through you know learning and sucking up as much as I could from mentors along the way Likewise, with you in, in the bike shop, you know, and so our journey is part of this journey, and has got us to this place where I think we feel confident to sit down and say, "Hey, we could talk to people about some things, goals, yeah, <laughs> business, yes, um, social." We, you know, we're going to hit on topics to this podcast about you know new stuff coming out in the bike industry, new stuff in the fitness industry, dumb stuff in both industries because there's a laundry list of that. There's a lot of that. Most new stuff is dumb stuff mm-hmm. yeah. because the wheel has been around for a really long time. I'll say,
1: I'll say two words, e-bikes.
0: <laughs> we're we'll Everybody's get, got an opinion on we'll, e-bikes. We'll get into e-bikes. <laughs> uh, we'll get into the keto diet. We'll get into the next best thing and how uh, I think in both the bike industry and in the fitness industry, you see a lot of cycles happen. And because we're you know, experts in those fields, we can kind of digest those and break them down. And so sure. provide some value there.
1: I agree. Um, you know, talking about the journey, the growth, um, as a person, um, all that sort of stuff. What's the, the big
0: journey this year is Breck Epic, Breck Epic, six days, six days, lots of miles. Okay. And so we're going to be doing a Breck Epic team, Harley and I, along with other writers, and we'll have them on the podcast as well. And we'll talk about them and their journey, but if you were to line us all up, I just got done watching this awesome documentary on Amazon Prime about the Orica Scott team. So professional cycling team. I just started watching it. You did? the Was it the Eat Race Win? Well, the Eat Race Win was one docu-series with the nutrition. Okay. And then there same was a, team though, right? Same exact team. Right. So this team's got their social media on point. They got <laughs> videos all over the place. But then I just watched one today, which was about their growth, how they built the team. It's called All for One. Okay. And it's a super cool documentary of about five years of how they went from never Australia, never having a team to having a team and then winning stuff like Paris-Roubaix and all these things. But if you were to line all those guys up, you would say that is a cycling team. I see them, that's a cycling team.
1: We have the (laughs) island of misfit toys of cycling teams. (laughs) If you were to line up
0: who's going to be on our team, we have the most Motley crew group of psychopaths. That's actually the only thing we have in common. We're all messed up.
1: A little bit, yeah. So... Um, it's kind of funny cause you know, so many things just happen organically. Like, you know, you start with an idea and it's just, it's these people and then some other people hear about it and it turns into these people and these other people. And I think that's kind of what happened here. Um, you know, so one of the, the team members is my lifelong friend. And at this point he's my brother, he's family. Um, this guy, Colin, and we'll have him on the show. He
0: probably won't say a lot. No, we'll have that be a video episode. It
1: may have to be. It'll look uh, like
0: what his face looks like when we, <laughs> when other people say stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It'll be uh, more of a reaction type. Uh, Don't type expect scenario. a lot. No. <laughs> the first time he ever came to uh, to E3, um, you know, a day or so later, Justin comes to me and he says, Hey, man, did, did did Colin have a good time? Because I couldn't really tell. <laughs> I looked him dead in his face. I said, Justin, if you get more than a six out of 10 with Colin, you're doing great.
0: <laughs> Dude, his name on our, on our, our heart rate monitors is smiley, it couldn't be more perfect.
1: Yeah, though um, no, I get smiles out of him now. They they happen. At I'm a under time the and, veneer. Yeah, yeah. You got to get past it. You got to peel the layers back. He's an ogre. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so we got Colin. Uh, so we got
1: Colin. Um, so the this the whole jumping off point here was uh, Colin and I have been friends for over 30 years. We grew up together in New Orleans. We worked at a lot of the same bike shops over the years. Um, And we both turned 40 in 2019 and you know, you got to do something big on the tens, right? Yeah. Like you kind of have to, no matter how ridiculous. Um, It it
0: staves off the depression.
1: I don't even know what's depression. It just feels like you gotta, you know, I, I don't feel a day over, you know, I feel 25, you know, like my body tells me different from time to time when the knees are bugging me or, or whatever the case is. But, um, you know, I, I don't, age doesn't bug me. It never has. Um, it's just, you can't help it. So what the fuck ever, move on. Uh, but I do think there are milestones in your lives that you have to, you have to do something, right? Like, yeah. you know, when I turned 30, uh, it wasn't some big, huge challenge. It was just a great weekend. We had a ton of people. We went up to Winter Park. We rode downhill bikes. Uh, my friend Whitney had never done it before. She crashed and told us this crazy story about how she got hit with a two by four and that was worse and you know, but so I've got this memorable experience from when I turned thirty, um, and I think so. You just kind of owe it to your life to to create milestones because a lot happens and and stuff fades to the background and you don't remember everything. Um, so, you know, starting a few years ago, we we had battered around a ton of ideas. Stuff I'd even talk to you about. Colorado oh, we're going to do Colorado Trail. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to do that, and uh...
0: not fun, by the way. <laughs>
1: Anybody that's ridden
0: strong sell on the Colorado trail idea.
1: Yeah. Go do that. Um, so, you know, we had talked about some of these other events, the BC bike race, um, you know, just something big, you know, some traveling involved six days or seven days of doing something hard. And, uh, you know, when it, when we got to just about a year out, I'm a little bit, um, Collins March, I'm September. Uh, so we got a little bit closer to my 39th birthday just this past September. Um, it was like, all right, let's really think about this. And uh, I, s- I said Breck Epic. And really what, what spurred the thought of Breck Epic... Is the buckle. It's the fucking buckle, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, rewind. Okay, so a lot of bike races. So, with bike racing, there's two types of people that do these bike races. One's a very, very small category of people. Super small percentage. Trying to win the bike race. Or this even is, top
1: 20. I yeah. mean, some of these events, like a top 20 is damn right. good.
0: But the, the, so it's like, I have like, I have family out of state. And, they're, and I'll be like, oh, I went and did uh, 11 to 100. Like, did you win? And I'm like, you're no. fucking, you're an idiot.
1: Did I win the Boston Marathon? Yeah, no, like, no, I didn't. Yeah, You
0: have no <laughs> scope of reference on None. this at all whatsoever. Yeah. So, but there is a small group of people that are going out to win. And then there's a really big group of people that are just going to say, man, I did that thing. And even in doing it, that's a feather in the cap, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... They'll commemorate these races. A lot of times, you know, everyone's on a 5K or 10K where you get a participant medal. Right. Right? That's cool. I'm glad you guys got them. They're hanging on your mantle. It's totally awesome. You did that hot chocolate 5K. But <laughs> some of these bigger races, like the Level 100 and the Breck Epic, they're commemorating with these belt buckles that, if you know what it is, it's just like walking around with just a big, giant, you-know-what, hanging on your Yeah, pants. yeah.
1: It's, um, you know, to the people that know, it's kind of the... Uh, it's the secret handshake. It's, it's the nod from Fight Club. You know, it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I know what you did. You're kind of bad.
0: Yeah. What does it say on the back of the buckle?
1: So the back of the Breck Epic buckle has the race stats. 240 miles, 40,000 feet of climbing. And then directly below it, it says, bad motherfucker.
0: <laughs> so it's the equivalent of the Pulp Fiction yeah. belt buckle.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 the, it's the cycling equivalent of Samuel L. Jackson's wallet. Like I love it. Um, now, you know, having that moment where you're like, yeah, I just want that belt buckle and being like, I'm going to do it. Once you say it, once it's out there, right? Like you can't just be like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like I, there's no way the second, the words actually came out of my mouth to another living human being that I could ever take them back. They're in the universe. Yeah. You have to, yeah. It's uh, out
0: because now whether it's one or 20 people, they're going to ask you, Hey, did you do that? Did you
1: do it? And then you sure. got to be like, No. Well, so why not? well, you know, I, I don't know. Like that doesn't work. It yeah. doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Um, so you know, the first thought is I want the buckle, and then your your dumb mouth opens up, and you tell, uh, you know, your buddy or your coach or whoever, and now you're locked in, and then the reality sets in. Holy shit, I gotta prepare myself for 240 miles of riding, 40,000 feet of climbing, all at 10,000 feet 10,000 feet elevation or higher Um, and I got to do it six days in a row shit
0: and there is so much and so adding on to that I did my first stage race this year never done a stage race before so multiple days and it's a game changer yeah, you got to recover every. You got to fully recover every. Yeah, like you get off the bike and it's not over. Like the the next race starts, which is this race to recovery and feeling like you can ride a bike again. Sure. And remember, this is a bike race. They time it, yeah. and you're ranked. It's, it's not a bike ride. It's not a bike do. Yeah. You know a yeah, bike do. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. I did it. No, uh, like 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 a century ride. Century yeah. rides are cool. Sure. But those are just bike dues. Yeah. You know this is a race. Yeah.
1: So I think that's. Uh, It's worth mentioning because it is part of the overall journey, but it's also gonna be a big part of what we talk about here. Um, You know, we've got, at this point, I think about six people who are, four who are locked in, two or three who are maybes. Um, And uh, I think part of what we wanna do is kinda have these, at least once a month, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna commit to something now that we're recording it that now I have to stick to. Um, but I think it'll be fun to, to check in with everybody, you know, um, you know, working through, uh, working out at E3, we've got access to some pretty impressive gear that I don't think you see a lot of at your normal gym. We've got in body for body metrics. Um, we've got, you know, all the knowledge of all the staff members that you have for nutrition. We've
0: got heart rate training. Yeah. So we know what our output is every month, every workout. We've Um, got power meters on everything we own now. Right.
1: Um, a couple of us are going to be working with uh, a cycling coach just to kind of, I, one of the, I say a couple of us, I'm going to be working, in addition to working with Justin as, as my overall fitness coach, I've enlisted uh, the help of uh, a cycling coach based out of Tulsa uh, named Mark Taruki, um, who mm-hmm. is going to provide me with cycling-specific uh, workouts that are meant to develop endurance, more power, et cetera, that will supplement my normal bike rides and my time in the gym.
0: And he's also training another group of our another member of our race team. Yeah. So
1: another member of the the four who are committed, um, me, you, Colin and uh Roger, um, another close friend, we played music. A lot of a lot of my connections all circle back around to living in New Orleans before coming to Colorado. Um Roger's got his own cool story to tell about, you know, working in the cycling industry in the 90s, which he's got some crazy stories about. Um, I kind of met him around the time he was getting out of it, and he was just looking for some part-time work, and we worked together at Bicycle Michaels, um, played music together, and we've been friends for almost 20 years, and uh, he turned 50 this year. And so it kind of loosely tied in, and so I actually, he'll tell the story better, but I did call him, I said, hey, what are you doing in August? He's like, uh, I don't know. I said, you're going to come race Breck Epic with me? He said, I don't think I'm going to do that. I told him about the belt buckle. And he said, I'll see you then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, and, so, and I've had the opportunity. To, so, I've raced with Roger. Because yes. we've done events here in Colorado.
1: We did Silver Rush and Leadville 100 in 17.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, which was my second, second year Leadville. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um. He's a kook. He's a certifiable. Like certifiable. he, he's confidence in me that. You know, so he's 15 years my senior, but he's got the same freaking energy. Yeah. So I know that there's hope for me. Like it's, <laughs> I'm gonna stay up here. I'm staying up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. at
0: least until I'm or Rogers out now.
1: He, um, we're trying to get the store open, and it was one of those things where like the store had you know it, it's. You get into these projects of opening a store, and we have build out, and things were delayed and delayed and delayed, and then all of a sudden it was game on, and it was man, we have the opportunity to get open in two weeks.
0: And yeah, let's this is base camp. Yeah, base right? camp. Soccer, yeah. Is my my
1: my shop here in uh, South Denver, um, and uh, you know it was, you know we're just there was a whole period of time where we're just waiting for things to happen, like day day in and day out, and I'm I'm trying to find things to do so that I feel like I'm not just a bum hanging out playing video games in the basement. And I'm actually trying to be a business owner, and then all of a sudden it's go time. And through various circumstances, you know, we have a great staff, and my business partner is a total rock star. Um, but things just worked out where almost the whole staff was gone the like a week before we were gonna uh, do our kind of our soft opening, friends and family kind of deal. I called Roger in a total panic. I said, Roger, what's it gonna cost me? to have you come out here and help me open my store. He's like, pay for gas and I'm there. And first of all, the fact that he was even willing, because he owns his own business, right? He owns a drum and percussion shop that he is one of two people who work there and he dropped his whole life and just cannonball runned out here and worked, I mean, I felt bad there. Like, I would just hit a wall at a certain point. There were be like,
0: times when you left and, and he, he was would still just stay. working. He yeah. was
1: like... I'll just I'll let you know when I'm leaving. I'll and you can arm the alarm. The guy, his energy level is off the charts. Um, you know he, you know, 15 hour days
0: nothing for him. So well, he drinks a healthy dose of Cafe Bustello. He does. So Cuban coffee is his thing. It is. He made good it. though. He made me Cuban coffee once at the Silver Rush 50s. Like, yeah. Hey, you want a cup of coffee? Did you go to Mars? No, I watched him make it, <laughs> and I was like, bro, that's how my grandma makes coffee. There was 13 <laughs> thimbles full of sugar. Yes. In like a splash of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just
1: show it to the coffee.
0: Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, Yeah, man, thanks. I had one cup of that. I was on the moon. Yep. And I said, Anytime Roger offers me coffee, the answer is no. Yeah. From yeah, now on. Yeah. Yeah. It's not uh, gonna happen.
1: So um so he'll be he'll be well it'll be a challenge, we'll figure it out, but he'll uh he'll be there. We'll skype him in, we'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, we'll figure that all out. But
0: you're working with him in a cycling coach. You guys yes. have the same so that's how we have got the same. So that was with... the connection. He yeah.
1: So I think part of that is that he, he took loads of years off of cycling at all. And then,
0: uh, you know, Roger shares that personality quirk. Right. He quirk. said, he said I, I can't start bike racing because if I do, it's the only thing I'm going to do right. again. Right. And he did. And, and this is exactly what happened.
1: And, you know, he and I actually never mountain bike together. We did plenty of road rides back, back in, you know, 2000, 2001, 2002 in New Orleans. And you uh, know he was kind of on his way out, so you know it wasn't anything crazy. He came out here for a training ride, and I was like, ah, oh, you know he's you know he's ten years nine years older than me ten years older than me. I've been training my ass off. He wrecked my shit. <laughs> 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 so he's he's an impressive athlete, and I think he's gonna bring a really fun uh, component to to the Breck Epic thing. So yeah, uh, and
0: he's and he's all about the numbers too. So I've, I mean, in yeah. watching his the way he posts about his training. I've had I've got to ride with him on the road just one time, and I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna bury this dude. Yeah, and I couldn't bury him. He's there. He was right there with me the whole time, and I looked down and I was like PRing every segment right. of the road ride. There. He's a, he's an animal when he you know to be
1: you know it's one of those things where age doesn't even enter the equation. Like yeah okay whatever the dude's fifty, go faster than him, I dare you.
0: Oh, there's a lot of fifty year olds that have just dusted me on the race course for sure. Here. So. So part of this podcast, we're going to be talking about the preparation work, and it's going to involve the gym stuff. It's going to involve your working with the cycling coach. I interviewed a couple of cycling coaches, and in one of those conversations, one coach had said to me, and I respect this guy, he's he's actually – I've finished second to him in Colorado State Championships and in other races. Like He's beat me, so he has room to gloat a little bit. But in our interview of me figuring out if he was going to be my cycling coach or not – He asked me, uh, he's like, Well, you know, if if it's your fitness we have to work on or building up your core strength. And as soon as he asked me those ignorant questions, (laughs) you're like, I'm out. I I was like, I'm out. So I ordered three cycling books, two of which you recommended to me. And I'm going to study my face off the month of January, and I'm just going to become a cycling coach. Right. And I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig. And then obviously share a lot of the stuff I learned along the way. Sure. Yeah. So we're going to chronicle that as well. Because I'm I'm going to take this seriously. I'm going textbook style, you know, like headphones on, techno music, energy drink, and textbook yeah i'm gonna teach myself cycling so i can add that to my repertoire of fitness to do my own coaching there you go
1: and i mean throw a rock in colorado you'll hit somebody that rides bikes yeah right so i mean you're you're only making your business better right Totally.
0: and a lot uh, you know one of the things that, one of the issues i do have with cycling coaches though and this is an aside is you know they're all about the data and like you said you're doing your first training peaks workout this week
1: yeah uh well yeah whatever new year's day is yeah. they're still out. Uh, Jury's out on what day that actually is.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a Monday or a Tuesday. <laughs> it's definitely Tuesday. So, <laughs> so you're doing your first Training Peaks workout. And, and when I was interviewing these coaches, that's what they said. they said. Hey, we send you these Training Peaks workouts, and basically you're going to be following either a power meter scale or a time-based scale or something to that effect, however these intervals are going to work. Sure. Okay? So I asked this coach, I go, well, so I need to ride a bike that has a power meter. He's like, yeah, I would just recommend your road bike on a trainer. hmm and then that was another reason. After he said I didn't have a six pack, he then told me that I have to ride inside for all the training. And I'm sure I don't, I ride bikes because it gives me the, the sanity to not murder people. Sure. It's you talking to the th- your therapist. Totally. Right. So I want to ride my road bike. I want to ride my gravel bike. I want to ride a single speed mount bike. I want to ride a geared mount bike. I want to ride a fat bike, which you think are s- special. They, okay. The okay. other. So I want, to, I want to ride my damn Linus commuter
1: bike. I can't alienate people too early. No, not too Fat early. Fat bikes are great.
0: I, tra- <laughs> I treated my Linus 18-mile bike ride on my Linus 3-speed as my training ride two Sundays ago. Sure. So I want to get out on the bikes. And so I was like, I'm going to go a different track. You're going to have a lot of information on more performance-based training through training peaks. I'm going to have more about trying to figure out how to do the training for cycling outside on bikes and in conjunction with indoor training as well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I do have my own reservations about, you know, that was, you know, going back to, you know, three, four years ago. That was my big hang up about going to the gym. I don't want to be in the gym. I want to be out riding my bike. You guys can take a walk with that. Right. That, you know, I'm going inside for 40. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go ride my bike. That's going to make me better. And uh, I'll say it right now. If you ride bikes, go to the gym. Uh, just do it anyway. Um, so, you know, I, and my experience between my time at E3 and the bike definitely told me that like, Hey, they're not mutually exclusive, right? Like if you structure your life in a way that you can just make being better on the bike a priority, then some days are gym days. Some days are bike days. Some days are both eat lots that day. Um, and so, and so I do have my own reservations about this whole cycling coach thing because you're right. I mean, it, uh, to to get a focused workout, it, to do the workouts that are prescribed, generally you need to be on something stationary, right? Like getting on a road bike and having your workout taped to your stem is only going to end in heart heartache. Yeah, no, or, you know? or,
0: or trying to do speed intervals right. on the Cherry Creek path.
1: It's just not going to work. So yeah. um, fortunately, you know, working with Taruki um, – I think the program is very malleable in cool. the sense of, you know, my first workout. Now, granted, it, it's just a—it's January first, so he just wants to kind of set the tone. It's just a two and a half hour ride. It—the—the the description literally says mountain road, just have fun, and you know, have this be day one. And I know there will be wor- workouts where I need to be in the gym on a bike, and doing focused stuff. But we're fortunate in that. We've got big climbs, so he can say, "Okay, what's your closest road climb?" I'll say, "All right, I'll, I'll go to lookout. Or I'll go do high grade. It's X amount of vert over X amount of." And he can say, "Okay, just do that twice, and that's your workout today." You and know what up, I mean?
0: The upside is you would never on your own go do never do course. high grade twice. No, it would It wouldn't be. Uh. <laughs> Which is so. And as a coach, it's it's fair to say my only reason I don't have a coach is because I'm just a stubborn asshole that thinks I can learn it myself because I have enough already in the bank with this knowledge right. yeah but doing even our nightly indoor training that we do with sufferfest on the bikes at e3 yeah uh, that makes us when you do focused bike training it's different than going for a bike ride because you never do it on the bike right. and go do you, a,
1: go do the hardest climb wherever you live and i dare you to just like okay 70 cadence at a seven out of ten rate of perceived exertion like you're not going to do it Yeah, no, you're, you're going be- to go as hard as you can up the whole hill
0: But if you do it and you do it again and you do it again and then you go back to riding this, that fun ride, you realize how much easier that fun ride is. Like you break barriers. And so the indoor training that we do, the Sufferfest program, um, that made me such a better rider when I was doing it consistently. Yeah. You know? And so I think, I mean, this is all going to pay dividends for us on this journey to Breck Epic.
1: And, you know, I I think it is important. um, You just said a thing that kind of made me think of this. You know, one of the things that, I think is a huge priority is throughout all this, you know, I don't want everybody to think that we're just going to be, you know, a bunch of Lycra clad, low body fat percentage, worried about our VO2 max. Like, you know, I think the, the component of still having fun on the bike is huge. So I think we'll also still talk about those days that we took out, you know, some bike that isn't even close to a race bike and just had a fun ride and high-fived at the end, and it wasn't all about staying in you know, heart rate zone four and, and you know, keeping a certain average watts. I think that's wildly
0: important. No, it is, and so just to, to double down on that point, I was fortunate enough to just have my fun bike stolen off the back of my truck <laughs> last week. So for those of you that are not in Denver, um, and for those of you that are in Denver, this is a public service announcement, if you keep a bike locked up to the back of your truck in Denver, that just know you're already rolling the dice on it not being there when you come back. Big time. It's just the way it is. Like, yeah, cable locks on there. You can put whatever you want. There's a good chance it's not going to be there. And I, I've had this happen to me twice to the point that when I called last week, the insurance company, I was like, they're, they're not going to believe me. No. Because every time you get a bike stolen, Justin, it tends to be $10,000. <laughs> how does that work? How does that... And it's like less <clears throat> than seven months old. First off, I don't know how it works. But it's the truth. Yeah. Just ask my friend Harley. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so I have a bike stolen, and the bike that was stolen, I will not race. It no. wasn't a race bike. It wasn't built for racing. It doesn't have a power. It had a power. It had a power meter. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't just because I'm addicted to numbers. Right. But it wasn't built for. Ra- it was just for fun. It's yeah, so it was a when it got bike. stolen, pure fun. I remember call, calling you and saying, "Hey, my bike got stolen totally sucks. Can you help me with this insurance p- process?" And then. And then I said to myself as I was driving home that night, wow, I'm going to get a pretty substantial check that could be helpful this time of year. Yeah. Or, or I could, I could go get a bike. Buy a bike. And, but there's no purpose for this bike. So I actually wrestled with it for about seven minutes. I was wrestling <laughs> with it. But what I realized was that specific bike, a long travel 29er that can take big hits, the only purpose of it in my life is to put a smile on my face and let me enjoy bike riding. And so while we talk about wearing, Lycra and ripping training workouts, getting on the bike and just smiling yeah. is the reason that I want to do these Lycra clad right. training workouts. Right? Yeah, like
1: well, and they both and it gets back around to all this stuff. Like they're not mutually exclusive, right. right? Like riding a big bike and taking bigger chances on that bike makes you a faster descender on the little bike, and riding the little bike a bunch makes you fitter and stronger, so that when you have to go shove this thirty pound behemoth around, it's not quite the, the burden that it was the ride before. So, um, it's not going to be all just like, Oh, you know, I increased my power rating by blah, 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 blah. And my body fat's down this. And, you know, this week I ate, et cetera, you know, it's not going to be that, you know, it's, it's wildly important. I think to, to also just acknowledge that we're going to have a ton of fun on the bikes and just throughout the year and not just have it be the super analytical all about racing kind of thing.
0: No. And and we're going to tell we're going to we're going to share our journeys because our journeys include a bunch of other races. They include bike trips like you're going to Sedona next week for yep. a bike trip that's just purely about enjoying just the bike. all fun. Um we're going to talk about like we said earlier just trends in both industries and I will I, I will say right now that I would never be where I'm at right now in business if it wasn't for the fact that I continually pursue these personal passions of mine at the level that I do. Sure. Like if you want, as a matter of fact, if you want to go check my email right now, my password is master my hobbies. Like <laughs> right. yeah, got, yeah. everyone go to yeah. sign into everything. It's yeah. very easy. That's what it is. Master my hobbies. <laughs> go for it. Bang. Go, go nuts. Yeah. And if you are on there, there's four emails I haven't replied to because I was traveling today. So please just knock those yeah. out for me also. But that's the whole idea is like, master my hobbies. Yeah, I'm into bike riding. What can I do with it? And in the last five years, it's taken me through to podiums, to uh, incredible friendships, like bonds that I never thought I would have. I I will talk later on. I have an uncle who's um, in his early 50s now. And I remember he's the very first person I'm out biked with my entire life. And I've kind of held him up uh, my whole life as, a, as the mountain bike guy in my world and then I remember the first time I was able to beat him on a bike ride and now I'm bringing him with me across the globe to an international race next that's right, year that's right that he's coming with me on so like the the idea of pursuing your own passions and hobbies even if it has absolutely nothing to do with being a better business person or being the best spouse like you, just being the best you has opened up so many things for me personally and it reflects in my business. I think so,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, that might be a really, really good spot to just like put a pin in it for, for now. I love it. And move on to uh,
0: the next episode. Cool, I love it. And so this is where we're committed, man. No ride around. Meaning, when you guys get to that super freaky deaky, holy shit, I've never done this before, and then you realize there's no other way to go, that's what this whole podcast is about. Yeah, just going, go, go forward. don't you're done, so get the fuck out. You're weak, you're done, so get the fuck out. You're weak, you're done.